Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in on today's show. Donald Trump did another interview for some reason. I'm no idea why he keeps doing these things. He looks and sounds terrible, but I'm here to talk to you about it. Also, the Democrats and Republicans are battling out to see what exactly they should do about the new stimulus bill and a classic George Carlin clip that you cannot miss. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Brian Rundle. This is Run's House. Let's get it started. They hang on your word. They don't listen to me or the media or Fauci. They think we're fake news. They want to get their advice from you. And so when they hear you say everything's under control, don't worry about wearing masks, I mean, these are people, many of them are older people, well, Mr. President. What's of control? Yeah. Under the it's giving them a false sense right of security. Now, I think it's under control. I'll tell you what. How? A thousand Americans are dying a day. They are dying. That's true. And you ha- it is what it is. But that doesn't mean we aren't doing everything we can. It's under control as much as you can control it. This is a horrible plague that beset us. We like to give our thoughts, our comments, our opinions. Sometimes we run out of opinions. We make them up. It is what it is, is a very popular opinion statement. Nowadays, I'm sure some idiot said it to you today. You can't get through a day without somebody going, well, it is what it is. Why are you alive? (laughs) To just say air words that fill the room with meaningless sounds. I'd rather someone blew clear air into my face than said it is what it is to me one more time. Just just come up to me and go, because I get the same data from that. Those were back-to-back clips from two former NBC television stars. One a bright, intelligent, self-made, multi-millionaire, talented comedian Jerry Seinfeld. And the first one, a moronic idiot who let three casinos go bankrupt. And now he's in charge of basically the world. I would much rather Jerry Seinfeld be the president than The Apprentice star Donald Trump. Seinfeld was one of the most accomplished and greatest sitcoms of all time created by Jerry Seinfeld. The Apprentice was a moderately successful game show created by Rob Burnett. That's why the show did have some success. I admit I watched it. I was entertained by the show. As I've said before, I thought it was a little ridiculous that you had, I don't know, B-level celebrities calling a guy who was a B to C-minus celebrity, Mr. Trump. Donald Trump could have been a contestant on his own show and it would have been believable. Like, yeah, that sounds like the kind of contestant that should be on that show. And by his record, he probably would have been the first one fired. At least in the top three. But anyway, sorry. I have a little bit of a sore throat. And at the same time, found out one of the 
women I work with tested positive for coronavirus today. So Mark Down is a little bit freaked out. But of course, that's not going to stop me from recording this week's version of Run's House. At least right now it's not. I mean, I feel okay. At least okay enough to do this. So um, I guess we'll see what happens here. I'm Let's get down to business. Donald Trump did it again. Another, I don't know why he does these, another interview he did with Axios TV. You can find that on HBO with Jonathan Swan doing the interview. We touched a little bit on it the last show when there was a clip that came out from that interview about Jonathan Swan asking him, about Vladimir Putin and the Russian bounty story. But now I got to see the whole thing, and it was just another doozy. I, I, He really, really has to think in his head he is smarter than everybody because he, with no problems, he probably thinks he's going to sit down and say, I'm going to show this guy just like I showed Chris Wallace. Meanwhile, everybody that watched that interview had their, well, everybody with some sense and everybody that, doesn't fall for the Donald Trump BS every two seconds. Just we're shaking their head and saying, I don't believe this guy is in charge of everything. I just can't believe it. I What happened to us? What's going on? That's pretty much exactly what they said. So they sit down and one of the first things I notice is Kelly McEnany walking behind him in the background there just for relief or some support. For when he can't come up with an answer, he could turn around and call on Kaylee and she could come shuffle her papers and hand them to him and he shuffles them around. But what interview have you ever seen with Barack Obama or forget about Barack Obama, any other president where the interviewer is asking them questions and then he has to turn around and look for help from his press secretary? I've never seen that. I've never seen a president have to look for help to answer some questions. But to his credit, he did not call on Kaylee, at least from what I saw. But boy, he was ready. He was ready to take on Jonathan Swan. And I'll tell you what, he does a really good job too. Jonathan Swan's a good interviewer. But at the same time, it is almost impossible to interview somebody with a narcissistic personality and somebody that continues to talk and doesn't let you get a word in edgewise. He thinks he's right. He thinks he's just going to cut you off and spew his BS over and over and over again. And the more he talks the more right he is. And the less you are allowed to interject, the less ridiculous that person can make you look. Because that's really what it comes down to. He probably knows Jonathan Swan knows just as much or more than he does. So what he has to do is filibuster, talk, 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 cut off, excuse me, excuse me, all that stuff. But at the same time, even though he does it, he still looks and sounds so stupid. So as painful as these are to watch, let's face it, they can be entertaining because he just is so dumb. And it's just, it pains me to say that I take pleasure in seeing how dumb our president is. I hate to say that, but when you watch this, just seeing him struggle for words and to hear him spew out ridiculous stuff 
can be entertaining and it can be funny until you kind of pull yourself back to reality and go, wait a minute, hold on. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying and this guy is in charge. It's not funny anymore. Joe Biden should just use these interviews as his campaign commercials. Just say, look, this is the guy you're going to vote for seriously. Just run footage of these interviews and at the end say, I'm Joe Biden. I approve of these messages. Boom. Done. But they start the interview talking about the coronavirus, of course. And Donald Trump always loves to bring up that he put the ban on China. That That's his favorite thing because that is the one thing that some people in the press gave him credit for. So he continues to bring that up. But of course, Jonathan Swan pointed out to him that the coronavirus was already here. Then he made some claim that he shut the economy down. That worked, and then they reopened it, and everything was fine. And that's the only thing I think he might have kept talking so Jonathan Swan didn't interject and say, wait a minute, you did not shut down anything. You left that up to the governors to decide whether or not they wanted to shut down or not. You shut down nothing, which I still say to this day, and I'm no doctor, I'm no expert, but I'm going by what doctors and experts have said. Had he shut down everything, probably in mid-March, is maybe even late March will give him, if he would have done it in that time period, the coronavirus may still be around, but it would have saved tens of thousands of lives, and there would be way less cases right now. And it may have, as Donald Trump likes to say, disappeared by now. Then Jonathan Swan brought up the Tulsa rally, and Dared brought up the amount of people that were there. There was by almost everybody's account, around 6,000 people there. And that even came from the people who run that arena, said there were about 6,000 people there. And Donald Trump said, nope, there wasn't 6,000 there. That's where you guys are fake news. There was 12,000 people there. Hey, what is up with this guy and numbers and inflating things? And just it is just so bizarre, but... He went on about how there were 12,000 people there, but there would have been more, but Black Lives Matter was outside blocking people from getting in. There is zero proof of that being the case, none whatsoever. There were some reports that there was some tensions there, but there's no evidence whatsoever that Black Lives Matter was outside keeping people from going into the Trump rally. So you're telling me 12,000 people, it was really 6,000, but let's go with his number, 12,000 people were able to get past the, as he put, 120 Black Lives Matters people, but... The other 7,000 that could have filled the arena couldn't get past them. I mean, who buys into the... Well, I know who buys into it. You So do you. The interview goes on and the death toll came up. And that is where many of you may have heard Donald Trump's response, which I played in the beginning of the show. It is what it is. That is Donald Trump's response to the death toll in America caused by the coronavirus. I am lucky enough to not have anybody in my life that I know of that has passed away from this terrible virus, and I am offended highly by that remark. I cannot imagine how people would feel if they did have somebody close to them pass away from the coronavirus. I wonder if there's any Trump supporters who hear 
it is what it is. And one of their close family members died. I wonder if they say, well, hold up a second. I might be voting for somebody else now. Or is it still Trump rules that and it's sad that I've got to ask that question. They finally move on from the coronavirus and start bringing up this mail-in voting fraud that they keep trying to bring up, which really is kind of stupid because a lot of mail-in votes are going to be by older people, which tend to be his demographic, but whatever. Okay, so they keep doing this thing where he brings up this antidote of him knowing somebody who had a son that died, and then he came up to him and said, Sir, my son is receiving a ballot in the mail and he's dead. And Jonathan Swan just quickly said to him, it was probably a registration form for a ballot. It wasn't actually a ballot, which is probably true. But if you rewind it a little bit, Donald Trump's story about the guy whose son died was probably not true. He also said somebody's dog received one in the mail. That's another one of the favorite BS stories they like to float out there. Like a dog received one in the mail and that was sent in. Do you know they've done a study on voter fraud over the last 20 years and hundreds of millions of votes were cast. Do you know how many were found to be fraudulent about 1,300 of them. That's like 0.000005% or something like that. But they're really going to turn this into an issue. That's why I keep saying Republicans are really good at this. They are spewing fake news, but screaming fake news and getting everybody to buy in that what the real news is fake and that their fake news is real. How is that possible? I just I really don't understand what clicks in somebody's brain unless you just have to believe it. You just can't let yourself to understand or take in the truth because it's going against your misguided beliefs and narratives. So I guess I did figure it out. I guess I do know why. He also asked about what he thought John Lewis's legacy would be, pretty much. And Donald Trump said, ah, I have no idea. He didn't come to my inauguration. So he didn't ask him, why didn't you go to his funeral? He asked you, how do you think John Lewis will be remembered? Well, I, I don't know. He didn't go to my inauguration. I mean, really, why would you answer the question that way? Just say, look, him and I had some differences, but, you know, he was a great man. And just move on. I mean, can you just at least do one thing right? But it just went on and on and a lot of babbling. And I really couldn't take too much of it because I can't stand, first of all, when anybody filibusters. But he just kept cutting off and kept talking gibberish. And it was just really annoying. And you could see Jonathan Swan every once in a while struggling because he's trying to get a question in. But he just keeps babbling. And I'm just like, I, I, it's so hard to watch. You know, I want his press conferences that he does, those daily, I refuse to watch them. I will not watch them. I'll, I'll see the highlights and I'll see, you know, what's been. But I can't sit through those things. I just can't do it. And if you can, you're way stronger than me because can't do it. Just can't. Now, in other news this week, there is a stimulus bill still hanging out there and we're waiting to see exactly what is going to come of it. It appears as if Democrats are fighting to keep the $600 additional 
on top of whatever the state provides for you. And Republicans, of course, are saying, nope, we aren't doing that. And the reason why they don't want to do that is because they feel as if if you're going to give somebody $600 on top of the regular benefits, that in some cases they will make more money doing that than they would if they had to go back to work, which would keep people from going back to work. Now, I would say I would agree with the Republicans if we were in normal times. If the Democrats came up and said, let's just give everybody $875 a week or whatever it is in your state, let's give $875 a week to anybody who's unemployed, I might say, well, I don't know if I agree with that because it may preclude people from going back to work and maybe living off the system, which I don't think anybody should do. I think if you're an able-bodied person, you should work, but this is a much different circumstance. This is because of a pandemic that had absolutely nothing to do with the people who are out of work. Okay, maybe are there some people that are happy they're getting paid a little bit more money that they than they were getting paid instead of going back to work? Sure, okay, if you want to rail on those people, go ahead and rail on them. But do you really think they're sitting around living some lavish lifestyle now? I mean, come on, give me a break. And by the way, can we point out one thing? The money that they're getting is our money. It's the money that we provide to the government, and we're just getting it back. And the reason why we are getting it back is because we have an administration who screwed this whole thing up. Donald Trump in this interview claimed that he shut down the economy. He did not. Had he shut everything down, I really don't think we would be talking right now about whether or not the stimulus bill should be continued in the month of August. And I've said... The Republicans are good at messaging, but they are terrible at policy. And if a real Americans would open up their eyes, they would see that Republicans are not for the people. They are for big business. They are for cutting taxes for millionaires and billionaires. And they are for capitalism by any means. I'm for capitalism, but by any means, no, I'm not. By any means, that means you and me are going to be affected. All that other gibberish that they talk about, religion, guns, freedom, all that stuff, is all stuff designed just to blind you. It's stuff to fool you into thinking they're on your side. And unfortunately, we have a lot of Americans who buy into it. And I certainly know people look at me or look at people who are on the other side and go, no, you guys are the ones who are being fooled. You're the ones being suckered. But it's kind of really all there on paper. I don't, I'm not married to really any politician. There are politicians I like. There are politicians I don't like. You know, but at the end of the day, really all of us are in the same boat for the most part. Forget about Republican. Forget about Democrat. We really are all pretty much alike. For the most part, we all want good health care. For the most part, we all believe in equal rights. For the most part, we all believe in equal pay. Everybody wants a good school system for their children. We all want a healthy climate. And really, Democrats do lean more towards these issues. But I really don't like that there's this separation 
between Americans. I don't like that there is one side and the other side. This isn't college football. Here in the South, college football is a big thing. I'm a huge Miami Hurricanes fan, but in the state of Florida, like the Florida Gators and the Florida State Seminoles is a huge rivalry. They hate each other. Well, actually, Miami and Florida really hate each other, but I'm not going to get into the history of that. That's for another show. But the difference is you can have a friend that roots against your team, but when the game's over, you guys are still friends. It seems like it is becoming harder and harder to be friends with somebody on the opposite political side. A few weeks ago, I had on my show, we were talking about a clip from George Carlin, which is one of the most brilliant clips I've ever heard about really the state of affairs in America and how the people up top really want us all to be dumb. I mean, they really want us to know the minimum amount so we could do our jobs, but then they control everything else. In fact, the clip is so good, I'm going to play that clip for you right now. It is a few minutes long and there is some language, so if you are playing it, in a place at work or something like that. Be a little careful, but it is classic, and you got to hear it. Say what you want about America, land of the free, home of the brave. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. Dumbass motherfuckers. The real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all, at all, at all. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. And one of the things that really strikes me the most, what he says in there, is that nobody seems to notice, and nobody seems to care. And that is so true. And even if they do notice, it's kind of like you shrug your shoulders and go, ah, what can you do about it? And really, what can you do about it? Something's got to be done about it. In fact, I'm going to end the show right now and go do something about it. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I'm going to go do something. Actually, I'm just hoping I don't have coronavirus is what I'm hoping right now. And 
I guess I will be finding that out soon. So, but anyway, as always, I really appreciate everybody listening in, downloading as always. And by the way, San Jose, California, who's out there listening to this show? Because I got a lot of people downloading from San Jose, California, which I love. I really appreciate that. But reach out. Let me know. But uh, thank you guys again. You can follow me on Twitter at brun13. As always, please subscribe and rate and review the show. I would really appreciate that. I will be back on Monday for another edition of Run's House. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, and we will talk to you guys again soon. 